0: Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Ethan Klesien with the Goal2Go podcast. Coming to you live Sunday morning, October 17th, right before, about an hour and a half before the week six slate kicks off on Sunday. We do currently have the Miami Dolphins and Jacksonville Jaguars playing. Uh, They are overseas this weekend in London. Looks to be a pretty good game here in the third quarter or so, so if you guys are up early on a uh, Sunday morning... Feel free to swap over to CBS to check it out a little bit. But I wanted to get to you guys this morning and give you a little bit of my thoughts for week six for some of these slate of games on Sunday, as well as the primetime games, of course. So we will start there, in fact, with the Sunday night football game between the Seattle Seahawks and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Geno Smith getting the start for the Seahawks in this game after Russell Wilson injured his finger in the, late in the third quarter last week, um, and he actually had surgery on that finger, and he is pla- he was placed on injured reserve this past week. He will be out for three full weeks. Uh, he's first eligible to come back in week 10. So this is Geno Smith's show for the next three weeks or so, and it starts on Sunday Night Football in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. He had an encouraging performance last week um, late in the game that looked like he was going to get the Seahawks back in contention to win it. And he had a couple of good drives, ultimately ended the game effectively with an interception. That wasn't really his fault. The receiver fell down. Um, But he looked good, and that's encouraging for Seattle. I'm hesitant to say that that's going to carry over this week. One of two reasons, the first of which is that this is Pittsburgh's defense. And for all that we can say about Pittsburgh's offense with Big Ben, this defense is still a very dominant unit, especially since they got T.J. Watt back, Highsmith, and a couple of other key defenders on that side of the ball. It's going to be very difficult for Geno Smith to get much going. Um, And then two, I, I think I look at the entire body of work that um, uh, that Geno has showed us throughout his career, and just because he had one good performance last week, does not make up for you know what we know about Geno Smith, and you know what we know about Geno Smith is. He makes poor decisions. He does throw downfield, but he doesn't always have the best ball placement, and that results in some turnovers. So while I want to believe in this story, I mean, Gino's making his first NFL start in the last 1,413 days. That's almost four years. While that is a good storyline, it's hard for me to believe that Gino's just going to step into this role and already lead a Seattle offense that has been struggling the past three weeks. They were on fire weeks one and two when... Wilson and Tyler Lockett were going, but they've slowed down a bit, and DK Metcalf is a little bit hobbled, he is expected to play on Sunday night, but, and oh, on top of that, Chris Carson, their leading running back, he was also placed on injured reserve, along with Russell Wilson with a neck injury, so Alex Collins... Is going to be getting the start running back. This is just a beat up unit that hasn't been playing well as of late. It's tough for me to believe that Geno and company are going to get anything going. On the Pittsburgh side of things, you know their offense is coming off their most impre- impressive performance last week against the against the Broncos. Uh, Big Ben looked more comfortable than ever. They only had him throw about 25 times, and they put up over 25 points. Uh, and yeah, they just looked way more comfortable than they have in years or in weeks past. They got Najee Harris going, which is something that they really need to do uh, just so they can take some load off of big Ben Roethlisberger. I would like to believe that they can do the same thing to against Seattle since they just handled Denver's defense last week. And these are two drastically different defenses in the Broncos and the Seahawks. But it really wouldn't surprise me if Ben and this offense struggled. That seems like something this offense would do, given the course of how they have played this season, just so up and down, not consistent whatsoever. So it really wouldn't surprise me from a holistic perspective with this game, if it was a stinker on both sides of the ball offensively. I mean, I hope it's not. Because when you're watching a game in primetime, that's when you expect fireworks. But, I mean, given both of the quarterback situations and how both of these offenses have operated over the last couple of weeks, it's definitely a possibility. I think it's less likely with the Steelers just because the Seahawks have been a little, little bit more bummy than normal on the defensive side of the ball. But, Big Ben, you just can't really expect much with him right now he's a statue in the pocket and his arm strength is nothing what it was before so I would put my money on Pittsburgh winning this game they are at home I think they have the better defense and unfortunately they have the better offense which tells you all you need to know about the state of the Seahawks offense right now so I'll say that Pittsburgh wins this game probably 20 to 17 or so I don't think many points are going to be scored All right, from anemic offenses to great offenses. Well, I'll say great offense. We'll keep it singular here. Uh, The Buffalo Bills traveled to Tennessee to face the Titans. Titans have a little bit to figure out on the offensive side of the ball. If we were talking about this last year, maybe they'd be considered one of the better or best offenses in the league. But they are figuring out a lot of things on that side of the ball. Just so up and down for them. They handle Seattle and Indianapolis in weeks two and three, then drop to the New York Jets in week four, and then come back last week in week five and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they're very up and down. Granted, that loss to the Jets, they were without both Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. They get both those guys back this week. A.J. Brown was actually back last week. He only had about three catches for 26 yards. But now they get Julio Jones back who's been gone for about two weeks now. So Ryan Tannehill is going to have his full set of starting receivers, and he's going to need them this game. The Buffalo Bills, they put up points better than any other team in the league. Just how good are they? They lead the NFL in scoring offense at 34.4 points per game, scoring defense 12.8 points per game, as well as turnover differential at plus 15. So yes, they're getting it done on all sides of the ball. But 34.4 points per game, that is something that Tennessee has only done once this year, and that was last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's going to be a tough test for them against this stout Buffalo Bills defense. So they're going to need to get Julio and A.J. Brown cooking in this one. It's going to be tough because A.J. Brown has not showed up at all this season. He's been on the field, but he hasn't been that same guy that we saw last year. Julio Jones has had his moments, but he's also had his bad moments where he's not on the same page with Ryan Tannehill. I think the key for Tennessee in this one is to control the flow of this game. That means a lot of Derrick Henry on the offensive side of the ball. They have to overcome how good the Buffalo Bills have been on defense because they got to keep Josh Allen off the field. They can control the flow, get Derrick Henry going, get a few chunk plays with A.J. Brown and uh, Julio Jones. They may have a shot in this one, but if this offense, if Buffalo puts over 30 points on the scoreboard, I'm hesitant to say that Tennessee can hang with them because they just have not shown that this season. I really want to see them gel a little bit more, find a rhythm, because that's something that we haven't seen so far this season. They are still in control of the AFC South, but this is a very tough test for them on Monday night. I I would expect Josh Allen to continue to roll against Tennessee's poorest secondary. I think he and the Bills are going to just coast to a two-score victory in this one. I I, I feel like a 35-24 to 24 is a good score in this one. The Bills keep rolling off of an 11-point victory over the Titans. Okay, guys, let's go to the Sunday slate, the morning games. Let's talk about Cincinnati and Detroit in this one. Cincinnati has become a very interesting team to watch. I don't care that they're three and two. They have hung with some of the best teams in the league. Um, they beat Pittsburgh, which has been a thorn in their side, in their division for uh, years and years now. They beat them. They hung close with, um, who was it last week? Was that the uh, the Ravens? Uh, the Green Bay Packers, I'm sorry. They hung close with the Packers, lost by a field goal, and they realistically could have won that game with an Evan McPherson-made field goal. Um, And let's see, they also beat the Vikings in week one and then also took care of business in week four against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're an up-and-coming team, I think. Their defense has been playing exceptionally better this season than they have last year. I mentioned in the... Recap episode last week that they got back some key pieces. Jesse Bates is one of the best safeties in the league. And then Shadobe Owuze, one of their corners that they added in free agency, has been making plays as well. And then their offense is really coming together. Joe Burrow is finding that relationship with Jamar Chase that he had in college. And I think they are a well-rounded unit. And they have now an unconventional test. You know, they were tested last week against Pittsburgh, and then they, or two weeks ago, and then, like I said, they hung with Green Bay till the bitter end in week five. And now, week six, I think, presents an unconventional test against Detroit, a lesser team that you're obviously better than on most positions. Can you beat up? on an 0-5 squad that you know you're better than on a lot of levels. I think they can. This defense for the Lions is a bottom-five unit. Burrow, Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins have been doing well. I believe Joe Mixon is going to play in this game. He's been a little banged up. If not, we'll see a lot of Samaj P. Ryan and Chris Evans. Regardless, though, I don't think Cincinnati's going to have to put up many points in this one. Detroit's very banged up on an already talent-deficient roster. Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Khalif Raymond are their starting receivers. Quentin Cephas was placed on injured reserve alongside other starting receiver Tyrell Williams, who's been on injured reserve since, I think, week one. So this pass-catching group for Jared Goff is very, very thin. I think that even more will fall on DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams' plate. I think what we've seen through the first couple of weeks is that they are a very good duo, but they can't do it all themselves. And Jared Goff, he is taking a little bit of a step back from how he looked in weeks one and two when he was thrown for 300 plus yards and a couple of scores. I think that's understandable given the state of his receiving core. So I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with Cincinnati. I do think Cincinnati really just needs to put up about 20, maybe 22 or 23 points and then they can win this one. I think Cincinnati handles business by about a touchdown or so. All right, now let's move on to Kansas City and Washington. The Chiefs travel to the nation's capital to face the football team. Kansas City's, you know, they've lost three of their last four. They really need a bounce-back game, and what a lineup they have for them. The Washington football team's defense has been such a disappointment. We've talked about the defensive line with Chase Young, Montez Sweats, uh, and all those guys on the front line, and they do deserve the most criticism, but man, the secondary has been just atrocious uh, as well. Every Washington starter in the secondary is allowing a passer rating of 93.6 or higher, except except for William Jackson. They really miss Ronald Darby, who they let go in free agency. And their defense that was supposed to be touted as a top-five unit In this, uh, Coming into this season, they are a bottom five unit in all the areas on defense, it seems like. They're going to have a tall order defending against Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City, who are going to be looking for blood since they are coming off a very atrocious defeat last week against the Bills. Um, I think that is going to allow Kansas City to have that offensive bounce-back game that they're looking for. I think we'll see a lot of the usual suspects, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, get involved, and some Mecole Hardman as well because they really need a third guy to step up in this uh, for the team. Uh, So, yeah, I think KC is going to put up a lot of points. I think that will then force Taylor Heineke of Washington to throw to keep up. I think he has a good matchup as well. Kansas City's defense has been one of the worst in the league. They are allowing almost 300 pass yards per game. So he'll have his opportunities. Heineke will. It's just a matter of whether he's able to keep up in a boat race. I'm also interested to see how Kansas City looks without Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on the offensive side of the ball, who had started to come on in the last few weeks. You know, late in Sunday Night Football, he uh, he injured his knee, he was placed on IR, but over the last two weeks, he has uh, put up over 100 rushing yards in each game, prior to getting injured last week. So he was bringing an element to the Chiefs' offense that they hadn't seen for the last couple of years. Uh, So I'm going to be interested to see how Daryl Williams does in his stead. Regardless, I do think it's going to be a pass-happy game between Mahomes and Taylor Heineke. It's really hard to bet against the Chiefs, even though they have dropped the games that they have done or that they have dropped. I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one, and I'm going to say that they win comfortably by about 8 to 9 points or so. All right, let's go to the NFC North now. Battle between the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. Obviously, this seems like a mismatch. Uh, You know, Justin Fields, the rookie, going against uh, Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But I think Chicago has played fairly well on the defensive side of the ball. I think they can mimic what Cincinnati did last, last week against the Green Bay Packers. I think they can hold Green Bay to under 30 points or so, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't completely rule against the fact that the Bears or rule against the chance that Justin Fields could put up some points. He's going to have to do it without, you know, his starting running back. Obviously, David Montgomery's on IR, but then his second string back, Damian Williams, who was, you know, arguably the MVP of the Super Bowl two years ago when he was with the Chiefs, he tested positive for COVID. So instead, we have Khalil Herbert, uh, the I think he's a fourth round rookie taken in this last year's draft and I know what you're thinking fourth round rookie like what is he gonna do he and Damian Williams split the reps last week and they gave Herbert a lot of uh, carries about like 14 or so and he turned that into about 80 yards he and Damian Williams collectively had over 120 yards or something like that last week I think that Khalil Herbert can do something similar against a porous run defense like Green Bay has I like the way he ran last week he had a little bit of wiggle to him. I'd like to see what else the rookie has in store for us in a full-time role. Now, there is the chance that he could get game scripted out if the you know the Bears don't show up on defense and Aaron Rodgers does a, just does Aaron Rodgers things, but if they can keep it close, I'd like to see if Herbert can kind of get the run game going, give Justin Fields a little bit of balance on the offensive side of the ball to allow Justin Fields himself to get going and hopefully get his best receiving option in his offense, involved in a game. Uh, Allen Robinson has had a less than ideal start to the season. I mean, for all you fantasy uh, football players, you guys know what I'm talking about. If you have Allen Robinson, he has just had a dreadful start to the year. Darnell Mooney's been getting more involved in recent weeks than Allen Robinson is. I like me some Darnell Mooney, but Allen Robinson, can we get him a quarterback? He has gone from playing with Blake Bortles in Jacksonville to Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago. Now he has a guy in Justin Fields who's very much unproven. But Justin Fields, one of the quick rules you need to learn is when you have these types of threats, get them involved in the game. Allen Robinson can do amazing things, even if if a corner is on his inside hip. Just throw it up for him and watch the basketball player go up and do something with it. We will see. I think at the very least, the Chicago Bears are going to have to throw to stay uh, keep pace in this game. I still like Green Bay. They have Aaron Rodgers. They have a better offense. Their defense obviously needs some work, but with as many weapons as they have on the offensive side of the ball, I think that they could snake this one. I'll give the Chicago Bears a little bit of credit, though. I'll say that Green Bay wins this game 27-23. to all right, guys, that's what I have for you guys this week as far as a Week 6 preview is concerned. We will, be back. we will be back next week, of course, with a recap episode recounting all the happenings and my thoughts on the Sunday slate. So until then, guys, that will be coming out sometime next week. Until then, I will see you guys later and enjoy the Week 6 slate of games. Talk to you later, guys.